Welcome back to another episode of the War Room Draft Podcast. I am your host, Chris Mullen, here with Max Shostak and Connor McComish on our second official episode of the War Room Podcast. Today we're going to be going over the championship weekend, coaching rumors and changes, Tom Brady retiring finally. Adam Schefter was right the entire time. He did, in <laughs> fact, retire. And then we'll be previewing the Senior Bowl, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, all-star event for college football athletes going to the NFL Draft this year. But before we get started, Max... How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, first day of February, Tom Brady brought us some real news this time, and it's. I kind of think that he just didn't really want to upstage anything regarding the playoffs, but uh, now that it's out, he's he wants to release it on his own terms. I'm surprised he didn't mention anything about the Patriots in his little uh, tirade of posts, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, for your entire career to be with the Patriots and to not mention them, in your entire retirement post says something. And I'm sure when we get the the Netflix documentary on Tom Brady, we'll see what really happened behind that um, front office. But until now, we'll just wonder why um, Belichick and um, Kraft and all those guys were just not mentioned in his retirement post because they did give him his career. Yeah, I mean, he was picked 199th. It's not like he was the first pick and everybody had them high on his board. It was the Patriots took a flyer on him and he got the perfect storm and now he's the GOAT. Any comments on that, Connor? Uh, no. Um, I think it's good that we're going to see someone else uh, rise to the GOAT position in the NFL. I mean, he's been there forever, so it's, uh, it's Joe Burrow's time now. Oh. oh <laughs> no. <laughs> we're anointing Joe Burrow as the next guy. I mean, yeah. I'm okay with that. I mean, we'll segue perfectly into our, our first oh, game. absolutely. Chiefs versus uh, Bengals. Um, we see the Chiefs completely come out strong in the first half, 21-3 to going into this, the, the second half. Um, the, the Bengals do get a touchdown in the hole, so it's 21-10 going into the second half. Um, Patrick Mahomes started electric, three touchdowns. It, was, it looked at the beginning that it was the Chiefs' game to lose. The Chiefs were just too strong for them. But never count out Joe Burr, okay? He has never lost a playoff game in the college level or the NFL level with Jamar Chase. And guess what, folks? He's not starting today. <laughs> Joe Burrow <laughs> lights it up in the second half. The defense holds the the the, the, the Chiefs to three total points. In the second half, Bengals score two more, um, and then they have their la- their overtime game. Now, yeah. I will forever say for the rest of time now, never ever ever doubt the Bengals in overtime. Chiefs win the toss. Twitter goes crazy. You got Josh Allen tweeting pain about the, the <laughs> Chiefs winning the coin toss because he knows what's going to happen next. Patrick Mahomes was a pick. And a bad pick. It wasn't even like a great play by the Bengals defense. It was a bad pick. Like yeah, he double, doing double coverage. coverage. And then we have Joe Burrow marked out onto the field. Guns blazing, cigar practically already in his mouth. <laughs> and he just drives down the field, set up Evan McPherson. What did I call him on my notes? I called him a different name. I called McPherson. him I called him Evan Dude Perfect McPherson from the trick shot video with the water bottle. <laughs> I love <laughs> that video. <laughs> Evan Dude Perfect McPherson hits a field goal to win it up win it. Go to the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm, I've got to place my best with the Bengals. I mean, that kid has ice in his veins. Joe McPherson? Burrow, man. Talk about oh, I'm talking about coming ghosts. I'll talk about Burrow. They're both. They're both cold-blooded assassins. You know who else is cold-blooded and playing with a chip on his shoulder? Who? Matthew Stafford. That's he true. deserves a ring, and they're coming in hot to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, yeah, it was a kind of a domination by the Rams for the most part. Like, yes, the 49ers did come back into it, but it was never the the, the 49ers game 49ers to lose. were up. They were up. Right, and, but, but you never want to say the but, Rams were not in that one. No, the Rams were in that game the whole way, especially with you You look at the firepower that they have on offense. And then when they went up 20-17, to 17, when you looked at the first game where the, um, the Chiefs had the lead, you never really counted the Bengals out. But when you look at the 49ers offense and then you gave them a two-minute drill to go down the field, there was not much confidence there, at least in my eyes. And the Rams defense got the interception that held on. And I think for sure what we can recognize from this game is that that was Jimmy G's last performance with the 49ers. I mean, I think so. you yep. can't make it this far and have your quarterback fail you in the championship game and say, no, we're going to keep him and sit our number three overall pick, who is the most, some of the most talent in the world in Trey yeah. Lance. Just so much God, God-given talent. Yeah. If they can pull the fullness out of Trey Lance, they're a Super Bowl team next year for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trey Lance is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. If he was truly trained correctly in the Shanahan offense by the time he was sitting, which I'm sure he was, he absolutely is the next 
one of the next good quarterbacks in this league, maybe next great quarterback in this league. Um, so definitely don't count out the 49ers. I know the 49ers fans are feeling bad and they're down. Just know that you did this with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, and next year you're going to have a much better quarterback, more draft picks, more chance to get more talent in, which is what, what the 49ers are so good at. Yeah. You're retaining your defensive coordinator, Jimmy Ryan, who took his name out of the, the head coaching cycle. You're probably going to retain your offensive coordinator, but who knows? Um, but all that to say that they have a great future. And for the Bengals, speaking of great future, they are a prime example is rebuilds don't take three to five years anymore. Yeah, They take two years. I mean, they take maybe one year. I'll say this. The Bengals did get hit with the best-case scenario. When you look inside of their division, um, they had a banged-up Ravens team. They had a banged-up Browns team. The Steelers kind of hit the downfall. So the Bengals, on a last-place schedule, got everything that they needed. They stayed healthy, and it was this is their year. Like This is the Bengals' year. I don't know if they're going to get another perfect run like this again with the core that they have so this is the Bengals year to win it all and i know it happens soon in the process but i don't think there's really going to be dynasties anymore in the nfl like we saw with new england um but i think cincinnati this is their year to win it i all. mean to be fair we are seeing a dynasty right now the kansas city chiefs they've made the afc championship three years in a row i think it's it is but it's yeah. not like it's not like new england where they just dominated year in year out and the chiefs had so many struggles this year and they were almost met with their match in Buffalo, and then they finally lost to Cincinnati, and the Chiefs also had a scare against Cleveland last year in the playoffs. So I think it's just a much more vulnerable form of a dynasty. But the AFC is certainly so incredibly strong. I mean, until you find another Tom Brady, you're not going to have another dynasty. Exactly. Because Tom Brady just defies all... NFL logic and how good he was and how clutch he was. Like, if you gave Tom Brady the ball within two minutes and you're down by a certain number, you know he's just going to win the game. And how clutch he was uh, from a salary cap standpoint. Yes, he always, yeah. he never was an overpaid quarterback, never took a lot of money. Look how much Mahomes is making. Exactly. Which is, if, if there comes time we have to argue about Mahomes' contract, but I think we might have to in a couple years down the road because that contract is, like, even for his standard, ridiculous. But yeah. um, moving on to the coaching news. So I guess we'll start top down. Jacksonville Jaguars, their job is still open. Please just hire Leftwich already. Just recently, yeah. though, um, through the Senior Bowl, we have a tweet here um, basically stating that Balk wants to hire an assistant GM to help coordinate the day-to-day operations, so the stuff no one wants to do. Yeah. But so that Balk can have free time to work on the players on the field as the on-hands GM, which is just saying you don't want to be a real GM. You want to be a fan who has power. Because yeah. you don't want to do the actual GM stuff, which is hiring, firing, salary, um, business operations. Like it's not just players. But Balk seems to only care about being with the players and being a little fanboy talking to Trevor Lawrence on the sidelines. I just think hiring Byron Leftwich is such a good move just because it's a quarterback driven hire and he's shown that he knows what he's doing from that aspect. He played and Trevor Lawrence needs a little development and he's not maybe the perfect prospect that we all thought he was. And in the Indianapolis game, he certainly flashed his potential. So I think Byron Leftwich just is a hire to bring the best out of this team and put them in the best position to succeed in the future. Yeah, and I think as long as um, Trent Bulk is still there, we're not going to see Leftwich there as we've been hearing this entire time just because Leftwich understands that Bulk is going to sink his career. And to, to give context... Uh, Bruce Arians had to force Leftwich to come coach with him. Like, like Leftwich was not a coach at heart. He wasn't like trying to grow up in this industry. Um, Bruce Arians like convinced him to help coach the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think Leftwich is not going to try to ruin his career to become that coach he always wanted to be because that was never his goal. But he wants to find the perfect scenario to really succeed as a coach and a coordinator. Um, the Texans, if we couldn't even talk about more worse of hiring opportunities right now, Josh McCown, right, your favorite team's bridge journey quarterback well looks like he'll be the next coach of the texans josh mccown next coach of the texans which think, is basically a yes man for the McNairs, first of all yeah i think either it's mccown or flores um and i think flores would be the better hire for sure but mccown does have experience within the organization which is a good thing for some teams but i feel like if you're the texans you want to get as far away from what you've been doing as possible and while McCown is exper- experienced, I just don't think he goes from, what was it, QB coach, and now he's going to be the head no, coach. No, he was the QB, I think. He was still playing for the Texans last year. He had year. a role this year. Okay. 
So I think it was either the QB coach or some sort of assistant, and I feel like bringing him right into the head coaching role would just be kind of crazy, whereas if you have McCown maybe as the OC or something, then Flores makes more sense to be the head coach. I mean, yeah, I agree, but the only thing with Flores is he's so bad with working with owners and GMs already, and McNair's have proven to be the most intolerant, hard-to-work-with owners ever. Um, it's hard to see Flores be enticed by working with McNair's when he already couldn't work with Ross Yeah, um, in but Miami. I think that, that situation is definitely unique because that Herbert to a debate was such a pre- uh, prevalent thing during that draft class, and he liked Herbert, and I guess he just really didn't want to go through the whole thing with Tua. And so I guess if he likes the situation in Houston, I don't know if it'll be that difficult. And I mean, if they do hire Flores, like, what's to say Watson he won't doesn't take stay. a quarterback at three? Or Watson Watson's not stay. saying it's McNair. Like, I don't think Watson wanted to go. Watson wanted to go to... To leave the McNairs, though. Miami with Flores. That's true. It is true. Watson will not be a Houston I, But I'm, what I'm saying is Flores, his choice of quarterback was ruined when he was with Miami. What's to say he wants his revenge and finally wants to pick his guy maybe at three? Like, you never know. Hiring yeah. like Flores brings so many wild cards, whereas McCown's like, yeah, he'll probably get told what to do by the, the, the front office. Minnesota Vikings, they have also not hired their coach yet. Um, they're a little more promising, however. They've talked to Rams offensive coordinator O'Connell. Um, they'll be talking to him again this week. But as of recent news, they, they're flying in Harbaugh from Michigan and Minnesota on Wednesday, which is the same day as National Signing Day. I think Jim Harbaugh is the way to go here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also it shows that Harbaugh could give two two shits about Michigan right now if he uh-huh. wants to go on Signing Day to interview for an NFL team. Exactly. I think Harbaugh's the right move for them. It's a guy with NFL experience, and he was just in the college ranks, which is definitely something that helps you become more of a people person. And we saw that he's probably a good people person now because of all the recruiting classes that they brought in. And I think if he goes to Minnesota, he can bring, they have a lot of pieces. So that offense isn't, isn't dead. If Kirk Cousins is still there, they have a manageable quarterback, two good wide receivers, a tight end with a lot of potential and one of the best running backs in the league. So it's not like this team is, going nowhere, and I think a good coaching hire can bring them to life. Yeah, he'll likely step in and be one of the better coaches in the league for sure. Yeah. He'll if, already have If Rodgers and Adams go, they they're, they could be the favorites to win the division. Yeah, I mean, with what quarterback is the biggest question here? I don't think Kirk stays there another year, especially if Harbaugh comes in. I, I think if we, Harbaugh we've comes in, Harbaugh to like a mobile quarterback of sorts um, with the win his time here. But, I mean, we'll see, obviously. I mean, they have... Um, quarterbacks in the ranking from the draft last year, which is, yeah. he's not very good, but he'm there. Yeah, Mond, but I'm <laughs> not a Kellen Mond fan. Neither am I. Neither was Mike Zimmer, if you saw those comments. <laughs> he started Sean Mannion over him and got asked why he wasn't playing Mond, and he goes, I see Mond every day. Exactly. <laughs> which is such a wild thing for Which is why say. he's not a head coach anymore, because you can't say that about one of your players, but... Nevertheless, I think Jim Harbaugh. Especially the if you best. just drafted him, you can't say, "Yeah, he sucks." I see him every day. Yeah, that's true. Do you think Zimmer will ever be considered for a job again? Uh, he'll be a DC this year for sure. Defensive coordinator, Never not head coach. coach. I think that's he's over. too old. I think he's done. Yeah, yeah. It's I like, mean, it's like Vic Fangio. Yeah, hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, let's go to the Broncos right now. Anyways, yeah. Connor, you're a Broncos fan. Take this away for us. Just kind of talk about the Broncos with Nathaniel Hackett. What do you expect? What you're seeing in the future? Yeah, Nathaniel Hackett, I feel like, was the best hire they could have done here. Um, they were talking about Dan Quinn for a while, and I don't think that was a good choice just because we've had a history of defensive-minded head coaches that have not produced what we wanted them to produce. Um, just looking back since Super Bowl 50, we had uh, Gary Kubiak uh, win us the Super Bowl, and then we had uh, Vic Fangio, or not Vic Fangio, Vance Joseph, and then Vic Fangio. And it was just a bunch of years of mediocrity. So now we're going to an offensive-minded head coach, and I think it's the best decision for the organization. Um, I think the last thing we need to do before we really uh, perform to what we want to do is bring in a veteran quarterback and get this team rolling and this offense rolling. And I agree with you. I think that the offense is what was holding Denver back. And yeah, for sure. The defense is all there. And I think they actually have a window to succeed if they can just put an offense together. 
they were competing with teams with the likes of Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke at quarterback. So if Nathaniel Hackett can come in, change the offense around, and I know he didn't call plays in Green Bay, doesn't mean he doesn't have a good offensive mind. Aaron Rodgers has spoken so highly of him, and I think it'll be a good hire for the Broncos. And if they can turn the offense around, I think they can make the playoffs in a very, very tough AFC. It'll and be you, interesting to see who they get as the OC because I know the coordinator positions are still open. So hiring the offensive coordinator is going to be a big job, whether he calls plays or Hackett calls plays or someone else calls plays. It all depends on who they bring in at OC. Yeah. And I think you'll, you're going to see a new quarterback for the Broncos next year, whether it's through the draft oh, yeah, or for sure. it's through free agency, through trade. It's not going to be the same two that have been here. I mean, I think Nathaniel Hackett's been hired to figure that out. Um, I think there's a chance you see Locke on the roster. I oh, I think Locke will be rostered. Up. Yeah. But I don't think he'll be a starter. I no, think I completely um, agree. you're going to find a new quarterback, whether it's Kenny Pickett, whether it's Malik Willis, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's um, Kirk Cousins. It won't be Kirk Cousins. Whether it's Russell Wilson. <laughs> it, it you're could manifesting be any of those that it will not be Kirk Cousins. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett's been able to see Kirk Cousins play for two games I a don't year. Care. That's Kirk Connor Cousins. manifesting that. Kirk That's Cousins will not be a number Bronco. <laughs> um, and if he is, we're going to have severe issues um, on we'll that team. We'll just hire as much. We'll just run Javante every play. That'll work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, New York Giants, they hired the Buffalo crew. All of them. All of the <laughs> Buffalo crew. They're all there. OC. Well, they got the, the OC as head coach, assistant GM as GM, and I think QB coach is the OC now. Ken Dorsey, did he go already? Yeah. Wow. That's, I didn't know Ken Dorsey already decided yeah. he's going to. Well, that's Same day as big. I mean, love the Giants. Like, I don't love the Giants. I'm a Jets fan. <laughs> I like what they've done. I think going t- to this tree and saying, I want all of them, and I'm taking all of them, and middle finger to the rest of the organization we want all these guys here yeah um i think it's a good move i think the buffalo bills did it the right way they took them a little longer than like they took the, the the four to five year rebuild like they took their time to make it happen um with that being said it's still the new york giants it's still with the maras i don't trust them to do the right thing i think dj will be here one more year obviously yeah and i, I think, think that's the right thing i think but here's the issue i think he'll play just good enough where he's not he shouldn't does not deserve to be the starter but he'll be the starter the year after I just don't after. think they re-sign him if he ha- doesn't have a good year. But I think what the Giants... He'll play like Kirk Cousins. I think what the scariest reality that could happen for the Giants is them winning seven to nine games yep. and missing the playoffs because that takes them entirely out of a good draft position for next year's incredible class. It gives them a false sense of hope with Daniel Jones because they are going to be on a last-place schedule next year. And if that mediocrity happens and the Giants give Daniel Jones another contract, I think that might set them back. But those Bills uh, front office members, head coach, all those guys, you saw what happened when they took a mobile QB with some turnover problems in last time. And I'm absolutely not comparing those two, but I think they will bring the best out of Daniel Jones. Yeah, I mean, I agree that the worst-case scenario is you get Daniel Jones to play like a Kirk Cousins and you win seven to nine games and miss the playoffs and yeah. pick like 15 and back. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's my concern because then you're, you're, you don't have a quarterback of the future. You're making the muddier, the water even They'll muddier. Trade up, though. Yeah. But I mean, it just makes it a lot it harder it to a fix lot your problems. Difficult. Exactly. Speaking of problems, the Chicago Bears. <laughs> that's a <walking laughs> that's an awesome segue. Hired Matt Eberflus to take over the role. Mm-hmm. I like Matt. I don't like him in Chicago. I think. It, Justin Fields is such a finicky quarterback that you need to hire a guy to work with Justin. Yeah. Um, that being said, like with this hire, with the way that the, the Bears are turning, with um, Robinson looks like he's not going to come back. I mean, a lot of their weapons on offense look like they're not going to come back. I'm hey, just going to come weapons? out. And, what weapons? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no weapons. <laughs> Robinson had a, the worst year of his career to date. They don't have a first round pick. Darnell Mooney's their wide receiver one going into next season. Cole Komet hasn't produced yet, and David Montgomery's their running back. Yeah, they get Tariq Cohen back, but they they need to address offense. And they remember when Carolina drafted only defense in the draft a couple years ago. The Bears might need to draft only offense this year because they don't have a good line. They don't have weapons for Justin Fields, and now they hired a defensive coach. I think their OC is going to have a huge, huge role this year, and in giving the Bears some sort of direction for the future. I mean, the way things are looking right now, I'm, I don't want to be a pessimist to rookie quarterbacks because I like to give them all a chance, but the way Justin Fields played this year, 
good coach or not, some of that play was just inexcusable from Justin Fields. And then on top of that, they're not a lot of weapons next year. He's not much time to develop new new system. Like I just don't personally love his chances of being a quality NFL quarterback. I love him to prove me wrong. I'm a Justin Fields guy. I just don't love the surroundings that he has in Chicago to really make that next step. Kind of like Sam Donald. Like Sam Donald was a talented quarterback coming out. He had bad infrastructure, no weapons. He had a really bad first year. I mean, only you can only hold so many blocks on top of you till it all crumbles down. You're not an NFL quarterback anymore. Exactly. Raiders. Josh McDaniels is going to be the head coach of the Raiders. That's an interesting hire, and I don't agree with it. I am I not big on hiring Patriots front offices, front office people because they don't do much. They just kind of watch Bill make his magic for the most part. They scout. They'll do their operations, but like the decision making and the big business decisions. I think head coach from that, like straight from that tree, is something that doesn't really work out. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I actually love the Ziegler hire, and I'm not being biased because I interviewed him. But I actually do think it's a good hire because of what he's been able to do with Who's New England for his 195. My 195 oh, wow. in October. I, I know that, that was <laughs> yeah. He's got a one way ticket to work for the Raiders. <laughs> um, but. With the McDaniels hire, I just think being a head coach is all about relating to your players, and the Raiders had that more than any other team might have. And as an interim head coach, which is such a rare thing, and then they've hired somebody else. So, And you saw Max Crosby and Derek Carr straight, uh, take straight to Twitter about it, and they weren't necessarily complaining. They were just like, we'll miss you, love you like a brother. But I feel like if you have that in your run office already that's something you keep yeah and i know that we saw the giants bring in head coach and front office member from the bills and the raiders kind of took that blueprint and did it from the patriots which are two successful franchises i just don't like the character of josh mcdaniels and i know you connor can speak on this more as a broncos fan which is a place he previously coached but he has a cheating scandal with the broncos he didn't really do much for them he quit on the colts immediately after being hired now he's going to the raiders and he wouldn't interview with them unless he was getting the job i'm just worried if his ego is going to fit into allegiant stadium or not because there's a ceiling on that stadium so that's kind of a worry for me i just don't think he's a head coaching uh person i think he's his his ceiling is oc um yeah i just, think he's a smart football mind yeah, but just on the broncos just drafting tebow it was a good pick i guess but like tebow did not produce anything for the broncos like he got us overtime win that was it yeah and like, then you got destroyed by the Patriots. yeah that was it so like i don't know i just don't think he's the right head coaching person for this raiders job all right tell me if this sounds familiar Bright offensive mind who worked for a, a good organization with the, one of the best quarterbacks ever in a very easy to work with coaching scheme as the offensive coordinator has a big ego, failed in his last gig as the head coach miserably, but somehow gets another job because of working with a good quarterback. Now, tell me what previous head coach sounds like that in recent memory. Give it to me, Adam oh, Gase. Oh, Adam oh, Gase. right. Like, yeah, worked for the Denver Broncos as offensive coordinator yeah. for, um. Kubiak. Peyton Manning. Yeah. Yeah. And Kubiak. Then goes to Miami Dolphins, miserably fails. Then the Jets hire him because of his previous work with Ted Quarterback. Josh McDaniels. Works, I guess, gets hired from, I guess, a little different order. Gets hired by Denver, fails miserably, goes to the Patriots, works with the greatest, one, the greatest quarterback of all time. It's kind of easy to succeed when you have Tom Brady as your quarterback and Bill mm-hmm. Belichick as your head coach. Gets all this recognition because of it, but he was miserably failing without the best quarterback and best coach of all time. Gets a job because of working with best coach and best quarterback of all time. Big ego scandals. I'm just, I'm just saying they sound very similar. <laughs> now, Raiders fans don't kill me, but they just sound very, very similar people. The Jets and Broncos fans do not like this blueprint. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. You don't hire a guy who's worked with a good quarterback and he did awful by himself. As a Ravens fan, I can't tell you much about head coaches with big egos, but I'm glad we don't have one. You don't have one anymore. What do you mean we You're don't have one coordinator. anymore? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, but coordinators are different. Like yeah, coordinators, it's it's just a different thing. And he yeah. lit the fire under Joe Burrow that he never should have lit. But like John Harbaugh is it's the people's head coach again. It's the team's head coach. It's the guy that has the great relationships with the players. And the Raider, it's not like the Raiders didn't have that. They had it sitting in front of them. And 
It happened in Gruden. Gruden was the same thing as Coach Rich was, and he just scandaled his way out of there, and then they got another one. And then... No, I don't think now Gruden they was that big on the culture. Gruden, I think appa- Rich was way better. Uh, about he definitely the was. He together. definitely was. But you saw the reaction to Gruden too, yeah, where Carr was like, "I, was I know I have a brother about him. it." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, New Orleans Saints very quiet on their end. Nothing much coming out of there. Like, it's probably going to be an internal hire. It's a Dennis, weird spot. Dennis Allen's probably going to be the guy. And I actually think I Dennis do like Allen Dennis would Allen. be a good hire. Or Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator for mm-hmm. the Lions, which uh, the Jets interviewed for the head coaching job previous, last, before they hired um, Salah. Uh, like, they're, who would want to go to a team negative $70 million in cap? They have good owners. They have good fans. It's a good location. Fine, fine, fine. Your team sucks. You have no cap space. How do you fix it? Like, it's very hard to fix a, the Saints team. Yeah, I think I think Dennis Allen would be the right hire here. I think you have to keep it internal. Now, time for my tirade. I, I told the boys before oh, I had this God. one team that I just cannot stand their process right now, and I'm getting so angry watching it unfold because it's their team has too much talent to this for this to happen. The Miami Dolphins <laughs> owner Stephen Ross fires Brian Flores because. They had disagreement about about quarterbacks. Where Brian Flores was absolutely one hundred percent unequivocally right. Yeah, Herbert Tua is, is not the guy. Herbert, Herbert was, was the guy. Like, like it's it's wild to see that Ross, even after Tua just not playing well, is like, no, you're wrong. You're so wrong. Even though you're such a good coach, I'm going to fire you because how wrong you are. I just think to jump in on your tirade, I think it's tough to fire Chris Greer instead of Brian Flores, and I think if. You have the situation where you have to keep one. I'm keeping Chris Greer because even though they did take Tua over Herbert, the way he's put that team together has been so good. And I just think, yeah, it's kind of being held down by Tua's inabilities to really stretch the field uh, from an offensive standpoint. But I think if they go out and hire Mike McDaniel from San Francisco, it's fixed. So. This is where my tirade resumes. <laughs> I don't, I agree. I don't think you can keep Flores and fire Greer because if you keep Flores, I don't trust the GM he, fire, he hires next. I yeah. would not trust the GM that Flores hired because Flores has proven he cannot hire staff because his ego is so large. The staff has to agree with what he says or what he wants to happen. And because of that, they don't do well. So I agree. Like If you're going to fire someone, you fire Flores. I would say just fire both and restart. But if you're going to fire one, they have too much talent to exactly. restart. Which is why this whole thing's an issue, because now Stephen Ross is trying to find an offensive guru, and when you hire Adam Gase not five years ago, your whole job was to find an offensive guru. Clearly, you shouldn't be hiring offensive gurus. You're hiring a head coach. You're not hiring an OC. You're not hiring a DC. You're hiring a head coach to coach the football team, not one side of the ball or the other. I'm a Jets fan. We hired Adam Gase for to be offensive. Like, all the bad teams know. The owners decided to hire the opposite of what they just had because they want a change. What you need is an actual coach. Brian they just Flores had a defensive was guy. Was a coach. Yeah, but it was a yeah. defensive guy, and I think you have to go back. I'm if I'm Miami, I'm 150 percent going back to the offensive guru, and I'm taking Mike McDaniel in the snap of a finger, just because how he efficiently got that quick passing game with a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo to work, and to it is not a guy that's going to go out and stretch the field, and they have running backs that can be used as utility players in Duke Johnson if they decide to keep him, who kind of came on strong at the end of the season, and Miles Gaskin, who's like the ultimate um, like budget gadget player. So I think if Mike McDaniel comes in, I think he could make this offense work. And I he seems like a cool dude from all those oh, uh, press conferences. So I think he's the best thing that they could get. And just working under Shanahan, I think, is a good uh, thing for the Dolphins having – if they do hire Mac- Mike McDaniel because Shanahan is an offensive guru and he's very good with his offensive-minded yeah. And schemes. an awesome dude. Yeah, so I, mean, I think it would be a great hire. I'm not saying I, just, I disagree with hiring him. I agree if you're going to hire a guy, hire him. But the process, the, the, the like everyone talks about the process of hiring certain guys because when it comes down to it, you have to do it again for the DC or the OC or the GM. Like The process of hiring this hire, whether it's a good hire or a bad hire, is objectively awful. Now, uh, when it happened, I think Greer will get fired. Whoever this head coach is, I think Greer gets fired in the next two years. I don't like Greer as a GM. I think they go 7-9-9-7 like they will. You don't think he's done a good job? I don't think he's going to do a good job with his drafting record. I don't think he's going to do a good job. Jalen Waddle? You only have – that's a first <laughs> round. That's, that's, 
you got to hit in your top 10 picks. But the other two yeah. first-rounders weren't good uh, two this year. I'm just That's saying true. you only have a certain amount of catfish you can work with. You can't just get all these free agents again. They're also they're getting older. I think he'll eventually get fired. Now you're tasking a 30-year-old coach to get a GM with not many connections in the league. Like My issue is the way you're going about this, you're hiring a guy who can't fish your problem later on, which is going to create more problems than later. Yeah, like Steven I Ross think, is just not thinking about the future right now. I think if Ross goes through and hires McDaniel, I think Ross is taking his ability to hire a coach, and he's going to say, if Greer doesn't work out, I'll just hire another GM. And I think Ross and McDaniel will have built up enough, and McDaniel comes from a very successful franchise in San Francisco, and I think if something does go wrong with Greer, and I'm not a believer in the Dolphins, but I don't know if it's a front office problem, I think it's more of an on-field problem, and I think they will be just fine. I mean, yeah, you always hope that they're okay. I just personally, what I've seen them do, and I've seen like teams similar to their situation do, just the way they're going about their process is something I just hate how they've done. Yeah. How they've only singled off on. They're not even bothering looking at defensive coaches right now. It's only looking at offensive coaches. Like that's just something I have issue with because well, it shows a what they need. It shows what they need because they need somebody that's going to come in and help Tua. Because that's the thing that they need to fix. Fair. I mean, like we're seeing in the Super Bowl, we have two offensive coaches from the same tree, funny enough. Yeah. One was the other's best friend, and everybody said it was a terrible hire because you were like, you can't just hire the guy that gets Sean McVay's coffee. Well, <laughs> oh, he's in the Super Bowl. He's in the Super Joe Bowl Burr, now. So. Um, segwaying from Super Bowl, let's go to the Senior Bowl. Two Can I bowls. jump in real quick? Go for it. Caleb Williams is now a USC Trojan, which yes. is pretty cool. Nothing, nothing to the draft, but he'll get drafted sooner or later. That team's oh, going to yeah. be good. That team's going to be right. Yeah, that team's going to win the pack. There, that 21 up there. That's a guy that will never yeah. be in the senior bowl. No, he'll, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll never be there. He'll, get, he'll go to the NFL his junior year. Yeah. Um, speaking of the senior bowl, mm-hmm. we've gone through the Shrine. We've gone through the NFL PA Bowl. The Shrine Bowl has good talent. Yeah. Um, the NFL PA Bowl has their people there. Um, the senior bowl this year is insane. It's I mean, I've heard reports about 80% of these guys, this is 80% of the top 100 people in the draft. And like, what I love insanity, about it, what you know? I love about it is it's because of that COVID year that a lot of guys took and used to transfer to a better school. And that builds up their eligibility for the senior bowl, because if you're a redshirt junior, you can be in the senior bowl. And that's where you get all of these names with guys that transferred, like Darion Kendrick from Georgia being able to participate, which is going to boost so many players' stocks. Um, and I just can't wait to watch all of them. And you have guys like like Bailey Zappi got to use that grad transfer year and went to Western Kentucky and broke all of the records, all of them, that you've ever seen. So I think all of these guys getting these extra opportunities is going to be so huge for so many of the guys participating. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I was. We'll go through, I guess, position by position real quick, just for a quick overview. Mm-hmm. Um, this year's quarterback class could start from the top and go down. Yeah, it is one of the best classes we'll see for the Senior Bowl. For the I Senior mean, Bowl, yeah. Most of these guys. This is all. Everyone but Corral is the first round consideration. Is here. We've got Malik Willis, Bailey Zappi, Sam Howell. Um, we have the, the for the national team. We have Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong. Yeah, I mean. It's it's a great class, and I think the um, there's some measurements. We all we've gotten done is measurements so far, which is a big deal though, because mm-hmm. Malik Willis is six foot tall. Bailey Zappi is only six foot tall. Like Sam Howell is six foot one. And then we have the other teams. Desmond Ritter is six foot three. Nevada Carson Strong is only six foot three. And Kenny, Kenny Pickett, Pickett exactly won't get his hands thought, measured. But <laughs> he's saying he's double jointed, so we can't probably. That's a bunch of little, it's a little crap. Like, he just doesn't want to have his small hands measured. And it's not like a 40 time where guys refuse to, like, run a 40 until their pro day because they think, like, you're a little banged up and you don't want to put a terrible time out there. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. Because you don't want to get out there with, like, a little bit of a bum hammy, run a 40 that doesn't reflect your actual speed. Like, totally cool. Your hand's not growing between now and the combine, <laughs> Kenny. So, I think... He just wants, but I actually do see the strategy in it because if he goes out there with an NA next to his hand size and balls out at the senior bowl, people aren't really going to care as much when the combine comes around and he gets his hands measured. But also 60 degrees in Alabama, not 20 degrees in Denver with with 20 mile power winds. That's true, but hey, it's not always winter in Denver. But also, um, when 
if he goes out and gets his hands measured, and if it, God forbid, starts with the number eight, or it's... Oh, it's for sure an eight. I'm wondering if it's a seven or not. It's definitely not a seven, because Pitt, cr- Pitt said it's nine eight and, and one-fourth. Right, 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 right. So... It could be a seven. Um, but if he goes out and gets his hands measured and it's absolutely something that we've never, ever, ever, ever seen before and nobody thought we would see before, and he shows up, that's just going to be, you're going to get huge pro and cons lists because every bad throw, people are going to be like, is it because of his hands? Like, But I think if Kenny Pickett goes out there um, after not having his hands measured and plays very well, I think it helps him. So I see the process behind it, but it also blew up on Twitter when they yeah. posted him with the NA, and they were like, uh, "Excuse me, this yeah. is what hey, this is all we wanted to see." He doesn't need big hands. All he has to do is hand it off to Javante. That's that's all he's got to do. That's true. Yeah, he wears two gloves for a reason. Exactly. I mean, I, it's true. I think we'll see a lot of seven on seven and five on five work and one on one work. I mean, they're not going to do full blown practice, like full blown games till the game itself. Yeah, exactly. So you want to look for who can be the biggest riser within the confines of what they're doing. Carson Strong. Who does not need to move that much in a five on five or a seven on seven or a one on one has the biggest arm, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in this draft next to Desmond Ritter. Yeah. For a guy who's very accurate, very poised, can go through progressions very quickly, mm-hmm. full Carson command of that offense. Carson Strong is going to command the senior bowl, at least the first couple of days before yeah. we really get into those the moving game, drills. The game I'm worried about for high because moving drills is like the last day before the game and then the game happens. And if he shows he absolutely can't move during the game, that could be very bad for him. But he's not the guy that people think he is when it comes to him moving around. Like he can move. He moves through the pocket really well. It's just he can't take that across the line of scrimmage. Um and if Carson Strong goes out and he has great accuracy, throws the ball all over the yard, I think he's going to catch a lot of eyes because he's somebody that can thrive in a senior bowl type format. He's also bigger than everyone else. Like he's just big. Yeah. The, 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 the thing is, and I hate how they did this. Desmond Kenny and Carson are all the, the three tall tallest QBs. quarterbacks. Yeah. They did it on purpose where you can't see like Carson Strong with like Malik Willis and Sam Howell, so he's not getting, like four inches taller than everyone else. And they're like, wow, who's the big guy just throwing nukes around this place? Like, no, everyone else is the same size as him, and now it's yeah. not cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he. You look, at, you look at the other side, and I think that's the polarizing quarterback room where you have Malik Willis, who I can't wait to see what he does when it comes to decision-making during the actual Senior Bowl game. I can't wait to see what Bailey Zappi does when it comes to him throwing the ball compared to everybody else because his film has the asterisk next to it that comes with everybody that plays in the Group of Five or the Conference USA, let alone. And then Sam Howell, I just want to see if he can hold his own compared to everybody else. And if he can separate himself from those other two on his team saying, like, I am the guy that you would know played Power 5. I am the guy that was a projected number one overall pick before the season started. Like, I am that guy. I want to see if Sam Howell can put together a performance that um, resembles that. I mean, I, and I agree. I think on top of that, Desmond Ritter who his biggest asterisk is accuracy issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good, he's a great arm. He's a winner. Um, he has good statistics. Which really he might have the most God-given talent in this draft. I agree. And if he can really show he is an actually accurate quarterback in these drills in this game, his yeah. stock is going to astronomically rise to where he's challenging Kenny Pickett for the first quarterback taken. I think, I think Ritter could be, Ritter will be QB too by the time it's all said and done. And I want to see if Pickett um, can send him to, off. Yeah, and I want to see Pickett have a good performance because if Pickett doesn't look good, people are just going to stay away from quarterback entirely. Um, and if Pickett looks good, I think he cements himself as QB one. I, I mean, this QB class is so is highly fluctuating at this point. I think exactly the Senior Bowl will very much level it out. We'll see some random like drops about information from Adam Schefter, Ian Rapport, any of those guys. But this Senior Bowl. Whether they like it or not, will decide very likely the order of the quarterbacks and how they'll be ranked because they're until all the on the same field together. Yeah, until the combine. Even the combine, you're not getting that game like practice, that game like like experience mm-hmm. with all this top talent. Like the senior ball for these quarterbacks might be more important than the actual combine itself. Exactly. And I think moving away from quarterbacks, I'm just going to give you one guy that I can't wait to watch that nobody else has really talked about at all. It's Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. And I was watching him and I hadn't really looked at his profile on ESPN or whatever. I'm watching him like, ooh, this is like 
Desmond Ritter's little Julian Edelman guy. And then all of a sudden he jumps up and makes a huge play over a safety. And I'm like, how tall is he? He's 6'3" and does everything that Edelman and Renfro does, a route technician, not awesome speed, with an added element of being a jump ball guy. And I think Alec Pierce and Christian Watson, who you talked to me before um, about, are two guys that could explode during the Senior Bowl and have their stocks rise. And I really like the national team's receiving core because two more guys, Khalil Shakir is a guy everybody's talking about because he's a really good athlete. And I'm really, really happy Romeo Dubes and Carson Strong are on the same team. Yeah, and I want to say, like, I'm a Jets fan. So Jets are coaching the national team and the Lions are coaching the American team. The national team is above and beyond more stacked than the American team. We'll go through it later this episode. But it's, like, it's really odd to see how much better the national team is than the American team. Speaking as Christian Watson, six foot four, mm-hmm. route technician, can get jump balls. He is very fast from North Dakota State. He'll Versatile, fall. too. In the third or fourth round, probably. Yeah. He'll be a still forever he gets. Romeo Dubes, wide receiver out in Nevada. This kid's a stud. Yeah. He is Carson Strong's best friend. You'll see the connection to the Senior Bowl when they're practicing. It's It'll be very obvious where he'll, Strong wants to go with. His he, first he, look is going to be It's going to be stupid. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is really his chance because he's going to get opportunities. And speaking of another position group that's very stacked, the national team, tight end. They have This tight end T-E-1. grouping on both... The, the national and American is one of the highest, um, one of the highest groups compared to quarterback as well. You have Trey McBride, who's probably the number one overall tight end. Charlie Kolar, Cole Turner, who, and all, another, another Nevada, Nevada kid, Nevada guy, who's they, also they on the same Carson team Strong on Carson Strong. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You see, like the quarterback was like, "Hey, get these two guys on my quarterback's team. <laughs> I'll slide you a twenty. <laughs> get us three together." Yeah, Jeremy Rucker, Jake Ferguson, and the American team. Another stacked group. You have Isaiah Likely. Grant Calcereta, and then you have Daniel Bellinger. It's really yes. just Isaiah Likely for the mm-hmm. America's Club. That's, Bell- that's the top Bellinger's a guy that a couple people have talked about and want to see if his blocking can get any better because he did do well against Mountain West competition. But the American team positional group that I want to watch, and I think it's got four sleepers in it, is running back. Because mm-hmm. Brian Robinson showed what he can do in that game against Cincinnati, where they just used him as a volume running back. And the question is going to be can he really catch out of the backfield? Devontae Price is a guy that a lot of the advanced metrics love. PFF has him so high. And he went to Florida International. So that's kind of the asterisk there whether or not he can compete on a bigger stage, which is what the Senior Bowl is all about. And then two SEC guys. Uh, Damian Pierce is one guy that's really just commanded Florida's offense for the last couple of years. And then the last guy who goes to South Carolina, which is where we all go. Zaquandre White, which is somebody that I was I was really surprised to see that he got a senior bowl bid. I was uh, surprised to see that he declared for the draft. But Zaquandre White is another athletic guy that can do everything, catch the ball, run the ball, be elusive. And I think that if he can make a name for himself, he's going to get up draft boards because he's a very athletic guy. Yeah, and speaking on Damian Pierce... That man scares. I think he measured in at five seven, five eight. He's a bowling. ball. He's a bowling ball. Dude runs like he's like hates the guy running next to him. Yeah. Like he hits people as hard as possible. Like talk about a, like he. I wish he was a little taller to be a good premier two power back, but he can be a team's running back. Like absolutely third down guy who just runs between the tackles and hits the line. Remember Lamichael Pirine for the Jets. I mean, Whoa. it's like, it's, I, I know <laughs> he's, he's going to get cut. No, he's definitely going to get cut, but it's kind of the same thing from Florida, like yeah. a guy that commanded that offense. And I, I think Devon, Damon's better, Damon's better than, like, right yeah, I around. agree. I agree. So I think it's just the better version of that and whether or not he can not be a volume running back and actually produce is, uh, to be determined, but. If he can produce in a small sample size, I think his game translates to the NFL. I just yeah. think volume running backs isn't really a thing. I agree. Running backs on the national team. Now, Hassan Haskins from Michigan did opt out. But Tyler Batty from Missouri, my personal favorite running back out of this group. Abram Smith, a bulldozer out of Bear, uh, yeah. Baylor. And then Jerome Ford. That's my favorite in this group. So I'm a very pro, like, shifty. Can, like, Tyler Batty is very like Michael Carter. Yeah. From from UNC, Tyler Bowdy's speed is like I was watching his tape. I don't know who I don't remember who's playing, but I saw him cut the corner on the outside for the tackle, and also I see him gone. Mm-hmm. And like, where the hell did 
Where the hell did Tyler Batty go? And he had 1,600 rushing yards this he's year. He's insane. Third Tyler in the, Batty's third insane. Third in the FBS. He's one of those guys where I'm like, yeah, I hope you start in the NFL. Yeah, and it's one of those guys that, like, when everybody loves to talk about fantasy football rookies, Tyler Batty. Tyler Batty's like that guy that Michael Carter was this year, where he's going to probably get picked to a team. If he goes to Atlanta, please draft him in fantasy. Just a guy that wasn't super highly rated, and Batty's going to be rated higher after this testing he's process. He's going to go, his, his, like, stock is going to rise astronomically mm-hmm. after this this senior bowl and uh, jerome ford is kind of a guy that does the exact same thing but he's got that added element of being even shiftier and jerome ford really helped out desmond ritter a lot and i'm excited to see them be able to play on the same team in the senior bowl yeah i think jerome ford just you're you're good back like aaron jones kind of bad not comparing him to aaron jones but kind of like that does everything can catch can run yeah. not the fastest in the world not the best yeah, hands he's in the world, got but such quick hips just it's just good mm-hmm. he can read the tackles very well um a lot of a lot of Cincinnati representation for the senior. Yeah, bowl, Cincinnati go well for them next year. Cincinnati and Nevada just kind of got over. on the same team and just loaded the national team. So offensive line, I'm gonna read some names that are that are headlining: Zion Johnson, guard from Boston College; Bernard Raymond, offensive line from Central Michigan. We'll get into him later. Andrew Stubner, Michigan; Daniel Falale, our boy from Minnesota; Trevor Penning, who measured. Incredibly, yesterday, yeah, from Northern Iowa, which which Max has been talking about this entire time. Then on the other on the other team, we have um, Darian Kennard from Kentucky, Max Mitchell from Louisiana, Ed Ingram from LSU, Dylan Parnham from Memphis, Cade Mays from Tennessee, which I'm a big Cade Mays fan. I'm a big Braxton Jones guy from Southern Utah, which is like what Graham Miners is gonna was. Yeah, the guy from the small school who's just a mauler, and he'll come out, and I think he'll do really well. Give me your favorite from either team just favorite o-line guy and i'll start you off because i you know he's my favorite but trevor (laughs) penning being here he's so good he's so good and i think he could become in consideration for being one of the top tackles and i know it's kind of like separated big time between him um and that gap between him and evan neal and i think he's going to close that obviously i don't think he's going to be higher rated than Evan Neal, but I think Trevor Penning is a guy that's really going to explode onto the scene, and he could be a top 10 pick by the time this is all said and done. I'm going to Zion Johnson from okay. Boston College, and we talked about him on our last podcast. I'm a big fan of Zion Johnson. He's the guy you forget about, which is really good. Um, you probably won't hear him cover that much because he's not Daniel Falali where he's just mauling dudes over, or Trevor Penning where he's just mauling dudes over. He's just not going to let up a sack. He's not going to let up a pressure. He's going to hold his guys true. Now, later on, they start at the table of the senior bowl, and they say, wow, Zion Johnson played amazing. His straight after stock is really high. That is very true. I think Zion Johnson's a lock for the first round if he performs well in the senior bowl. He's just that consistent of a player and that just a very well-rounded guard, which is something you don't find very often, especially out of the college ranks. Yeah. So I want to do this with you real quick because I know we want to talk about our sleepers. Um, so I want to start with the national team, and I'll alternate with you, but I want to go through three guys that you think are major sleepers that are really, really, really going to boost their stock through this entire process. And I want to start off with Luke Godeke from Central Michigan, who's kind of a utility offensive lineman. It's kind of like the everything but center guy. And nobody's really talking about him. But when you turn on the tape without reading where everybody has him, he looks like an early day two prospect. And him next to Bernard Raymond was a very good tandem at Central Michigan, and at times he looked like the more impressive guy. I'm going to go with – I'm sitting national team with you here. Yeah. I'm going to go with um, – where'd he go? Darian Beavers, linebacker from Cincinnati. He measured Six amazing. foot four with yeah. an insane wingspan. He can cover. He's fast. He's a prototypical linebacker you draft from the second round. He'd definitely be a day-two guy, in my opinion, that yeah. you draft, you develop, and he becomes a monster. He's six foot four with a great speed, and he, he has good vision. Um, obviously played for a winning program Cincinnati. He's a guy where he'll definitely climb boards. He's he's measured incredibly well. He has great um, great physical attributes. I think he'll do a great job in this um, senior bowl process. My next guy's Travis Jones from UConn, and it's not often we see a guy from UConn come out to the draft. It's a homer pick. It's I mean yeah sure I'm from Connecticut, but it doesn't mean I root for UConn football. <laughs> I'd be depressed. But Travis Jones, I really want to see how he does against better competition and competition from 
power five schools, whereas he was just going against Holy Cross and then Clemson. So he's super extreme talent. And I want to see Travis Jones really make a name for himself against better talent than what he saw every day at UConn, because it's not often we see a player come out of a school like that and be highly rated. Right. So I'm going to talk about a guy who's already highly touted, but I don't think he's highly touted enough. Jermaine Johnson the second. Yeah. Last chance you. Last chance you. Now, funny enough, the first season, what quarterback did they play who's in the NFL right now? Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. I saw that today. I was like, wow, I didn't know that. Jermaine Johnson, six foot four, edge rusher out of Florida. I believe had eleven sacks last year. His pass rush game is insane. He has all the moves. He has the speed. He has the power. I see Odafe away. He's, but he's a little more polished than Odafe away. Yeah, less, and Odafe away got super polished with Baltimore. Yes. But, I mean, that's just going into a good defensive program, and I think of Jermaine Johnson you as You can see him as a top-20 pick. Yeah. I think, and we'll see him with senior bowl, obviously, but if he is truly above the rest mm-hmm. of these offensive linemen, he will dominate, and no one will want to play him, and you'll see, wow, Jermaine Johnson is that dude from last chance you, and he is deserving of that top 20 pick now they'll have to ask why he transferred from georgia to florida state all those kind of questions they'll have to ask about his character that's fine if you answer them perfectly fine that's great i do believe he has a chance to be a top 20 pick i agree and another guy i'm going to go with out of baylor is jalen petre who's a defensive back and he's kind of like a defensive defensive version of debo samuel a guy who has snaps everywhere he goes to edge rusher comes off the line plays man coverage zone coverage played at safety got a little outside linebacker so while his main position is defensive back i think his draft stock is going to rise because he's going to perform very well in the tackling drills all those agility drills the coverage drills and i think that especially um the team's coaching are going to fall in love with him because they're going to be one-on-one watching him go absolutely wild at so many different positions. Yeah, and I'm going to go back to my guy who talked about, Christian Watson, receiver from North Dakota State. Um, I think he'll just be a one-on-one monster, mm-hmm. especially in the one-on-ones. I think he'll be ridiculous to defend against. He'll he'll definitely the first day or two make some incredible flashes where he'll be the riser for sure. I think he'll find himself in day two after the Senior Bowl for sure, I think. A team will find one to develop him um, into just a weapon. He'll be a weapon. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. He can play wherever he wanted to. Damn, he can play tight end. Like, this guy can play everywhere. Exactly. Um, Moving on to the American team, a guy I want to start with is if you watch enough Matt Corral, you know who he is. And I think a lot of what Matt Corral did is actually because of him. And that's Dontario Drummond, a wide receiver from Ole Miss, who creates separation so well. Um, and he navigates the middle of the field so well. He does great after the catch, and he'll probably go day three because of the position he plays. But Dontario Drummond popped off the tape so much when I was watching Matt Corral, and he made Matt Corral's life so much easier. And I heard the announcers while I was watching him, and they're talking about nine straight games he scored a touchdown in or 